0: It's been two and a half years since the body of Deontay Rogier was found in a muddy field north of Urbana. Police are still chasing leads, and the family is still frustrated that no one's stepping forward to help solve this case. Violet Rogier, his mother, said he wasn't a leader of a gang. He loved his family, his kids, siblings, and his parents. He did not deserve to die cold and alone in a field. That's what Violet told our Carol Varel in her 13th Cold Cases podcast, which looks closer at the 2017 murder and where police are as far as solving it. We'll be back with the complete story after this. Hey, Jim Rosso, News Gazette Media Vice President, reminding you that we have a ton of podcasts available at NewsGazette.com every day of the week, from Dave Gentry's morning show to Scott Beatty's news Hour to... Brian Barnhart's Penny for Your Thoughts. Head to our website, newsgazette.com, and search for podcasts.
1: Violet Rozier is enjoying an evening with her 21-year-old son, Deontay, at her champagne home, along with some other members of her family, on this Monday, January second, 2017, eating some food and enjoying some drinks, just like so many other times before. But little did she know that when her only son would leave that night, she would never see him again. Someone would shoot Deontay and leave him in a muddy field under a blanket of dense fog north of Urbana. Deontay reaching for help. It's her. I still look for me. And five young children would lose their daddy in just a matter of moments.
2: He took care of the kids when he could see them. Take them everywhere he went. Change diapers. Like, if he had the baby, I had to wait till he sleep to go and get the baby, because <laughs> he'd come in there like, uh, my baby here, and that's
1: it. Violet calls Deontay a loving, caring person. But she also says he did get into trouble, too.
2: He liked to sing, dance, and uh, play with the kids. Like, he was more into the kids having fun than himself. He liked to help people. Like, if um, your car stopped here, try to push it or help you fix it. He was a loving person. He was just a family person. Uh, he was misunderstood because he was taller than his age, bigger than the average person his age. So
1: How tall was he?
2: Six four. tall Yeah. <laughs> As he got older, you know, just like any other kid, he got real active and did things. He was... He wasn't a perfect angel, but he
1: was mine. <laughs> Deontay's sister, Lenora Rozier, is seven years older than Deontay. They were always very close.
3: I kind of like used to consider him my son because he was my baby that I wanted to take everywhere. And I used to take him everywhere to the point I had people around town that used to think that he was actually my son. It's like, oh, it's just my little brother. But then he would get to point where he would tell people that he was the big brother. So everybody's like, oh, were well, you're his little sister. And I'm like, no. <laughs>
1: Violet says on that last night, as they were enjoying each other's company, there was a knock at the door. The people across the street needed help getting their car out of the mud. Deontay went out to offer a hand. Then someone pulled up in a car. Violet doesn't know who, and Deontay got in and left, headed to a friend's house in Paxton. He would never come home again. The following morning about 1045, a heartbreaking discovery just north of Urbana, along North Lincoln Avenue, about 50 yards into a field between Ford Harris Road and Leverett Road. Champaign County Sheriff's Investigator Ed Moody, who's been on the case from the very start, remembers.
4: Deontay's body was located in a Muddy Field in the 5900 block of North Lincoln, uh, basically it's on the west side of Lincoln and that would be north of the Fort Harris Road in rural Urbana. During the early morning hours on January 3rd, a nearby farmer was working at his grain bins high up off the ground. He looked out into the field and observed Deontay Lang in the field a few yards south of the grain bins, and that farmer called 911.
1: So then when the deputies arrived, what did they find?
4: When the deputies arrived, they located uh, Deontay Lang fully clothed in a muddy field, um, I can clearly recall the weather, the days leading up to January 3rd, and particularly the day of January 3rd. The night of January 2nd, to January 3rd, was extremely foggy and rainy. We received a lot of rain leading up to January 3rd, 2017, which made the field extremely muddy. Uh, I recall the field being a field that was tilled under, meaning there was no corn or beanstalk standing. So as it rained, the rain conditions made it even worse for evidentiary purposes, even though evidence was located. As for the weather the day of finding Deontay, it was particularly considered a really cold day. But given the conditions of the pouring down rain and very strong winds, it made it even feel even colder. Definitely not ideal conditions to try to work a crime scene that was being tampered with by weather conditions.
1: Did you find tire tracks in the field?
4: There was no tire tracks let, uh, into the field. Uh, I don't believe uh, a vehicle drove into the field. I believe everything uh, began in the roadway, and uh, he fled to the cornfield.
1: What did the autopsy end up showing?
4: Um, The autopsy revealed a single gunshot wound to Deontay.
1: Past stories in the paper um, and the radio stories revealed that he was shot in the chest. Is that correct? Yeah,
4: that'd be accurate. I believe that there was a struggle of some sort.
1: Mm -hmm. And that he was shot and then he was running across the field with the wound.
4: Yes, yes. uh, I believe he, he could have made it if he would have had medical attention right away.
1: Even Moore was working against Deontay that night. Moody says Deontay didn't carry a cell phone, and if he had, he might have been able to call for help. And sadly, he also may have mistaken the lights on the grain bin for a home in the fog and blowing rain as he tried to go for help. And then he collapsed. At first, the investigators didn't know whose body was found that Tuesday morning, but even so, a mother's instincts told Violet something was terribly wrong. So
2: I was looking at the news, like, on TV, and I was looking. That's when it flashed across the TV that a body was found out in the field, and I was like, Man,
1: that's different.
2: And so I was like, I got a cold chill, and I feel right about this.
1: Then, the kind of knock at the door that no one ever wants to get.
2: It was still early daytime, like it was going into night, and uh, we had a, 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 loud, a loud knock at the door. And I'm like, dang, that sounds like the police. So I walked in the front and said, who is it? And they was like, um, Champagne Police Department. So I said, look out the window. I looked out the window and saw the coroner shrug. I opened the door, I, it's, uh, I said, Does this have anything to do about my son? And the police officer that was at the door to detect that door, I you know, I seen him frequently like, come to the house. If Deontay had a warrant or something like that, he would always come and talk to me first and let me know. So it was him at the door, and he had tears in his eyes. And I was like, Is it my son? Is that my son you found this morning? And he, he said, That was Deontay. So was he living with you at
3: that time? Yes.
1: Deontay's sister, Lenora, found out about her brother's death in a way that no one ever should.
3: I actually found out about his death through, I see multiple people post on Facebook, but when I went to go back to ask them, like, you know, what are y'all talking about? It was all gone. So I didn't get to, like, it was never a response to it. So I'm like, okay, and then I got home and I found out then for you to get on there and find out that the person that you heard being murdered or being found out there was your old brother, it's just like, wow.
1: Moody says he believes Deontay was shot sometime between 6 p.m. on Monday, January 2nd, and 10 a.m. Tuesday morning, January 3rd in 2017.
4: I'm definitely comfortable saying that he was not shot elsewhere. He was shot out there on North Lincoln. I believe something started within maybe a vehicle or he exited the vehicle that he was in and there was another vehicle involved with a separate party and a confrontation began and it got physical. I think he tried getting away and I think a fight started in a field as well or at least continued into the field. Um, It wasn't road-based only. I can't say if the shot for sure occurred out in the field.
1: Without being able to find the car, you can't find if there's any blood evidence anywhere
4: yeah there was definitely evidence left in the field I mean, we're, we're still working on that that's definitely not a closed door yet the door's still open on that we're still working on that so that's going to be huge this takes time
1: Deontay's grieving mother wants answers i
2: would like to know why now that's basically i want to know is why why did you have to show why you couldn't fight him so you live another day and y'all can fight again or y'all can work to Shooting someone or stabbing someone or killing someone is not the answer to everything.
1: Who was in the car with Deontay? Did another car pull up in the 5900 block of North Lincoln on that foggy, rainy night?
4: It's not for sure that another vehicle came up, but there's always that possibility with some things that I've been told. As for being with a particular male or female, he was definitely in the car with somebody that he knew. Um, They knew him, obviously and someone that he felt comfortable with to get in that vehicle, that's important.
1: So what you're saying basically is it's not clear if whoever he got into the confrontation with and whoever shot him was actually in the car with him, or if they were in another vehicle
4: that... Uh, That's correct, yeah. It's it's unknown if the, the, the shooter was actually in the vehicle Um, with Deontay were in a separate vehicle. I somewhat feel like that Deontay probably wouldn't have gotten the vehicle of somebody that he didn't feel comfortable with. And if somebody was trying to hurt him, he definitely wouldn't put himself in that situation.
1: But why would anyone want to do this to Deontay? Investigator Moody prefers not to comment on motives at this point.
4: I have an idea of things, but I think it's too narrow right now to say those motives.
1: Moody does say that he doesn't think drugs played a role in the shooting or that it was gang-related.
4: I know there were some issues between some gangs, and Deontay would sometimes associate himself with both of these different rival gangs, but I don't feel like this incident with Deontay is a gang-related issue.
1: His mother doesn't believe it was gang-related either. Violet also thinks that the people who killed Deontay planned the attack. And she says she's got a pretty good idea who they are, although she isn't saying. You had told Michael Kaiser when he did a story with you in a year and a half ago, are Michael Kaiser here, mm-hmm. that um, you thought that whoever did it planned to do it, that they knew what they were doing. Do mm-hmm.
2: you still think that? Yes, they knew him. He was one of friends, like
1: one of his friends that he trusted. And investigator Moody has some suspects in mind, too.
4: I have an idea of some people that really are uh, high alert in my eyes. Don't want to say any names at this point or how they knew him, but there are a few people that are important in my eyes, and I need basically the public to help me out.
1: Stay with us for more in this cold case podcast after this.
0: Hey, hope you're enjoying Carol Varrell's latest work. This is number 13 in her cold case series that has been recognized both at the national and state level. Hi, this is Jim Rosso, Vice President of News at News Gazette Media. Asking you, if you don't already, to give us a shot. Subscribe to the News Gazette and uh, you can Help us produce more podcasts and stories like Carol does each month. A couple ways you can do that, call 217-351-5266 or go to newsgazette.com and click on subscription services. It's worth your while. Let's get back to Carol's podcast.
1: Violet and her three daughters continue to try to cope with the unbearable pain of living without Deontay in their lives. At first, they couldn't even leave their house.
2: The first year, I didn't go outside. I didn't trust anybody. I still worry when my kids are, like, she don't even live with me, and I worry about her and my youngest, too. And, like, my youngest... Uh, daughter stays in the house like she's in the house now she gets out every now and then but she don't trust anybody and I have a 17 um, year old daughter who just started working this year uh, she's just starting to go back out into the world it's like because we can't we don't know who did it so we don't know who to trust and I went to work back to work and I uh, started going back out into the community so I'm trying to make it work. So, it took you a
1: while to, to, to venture out of your house, you too, Lenora?
3: Majority of the time, yeah. She stayed with me
1: and then she left over a year ago. How are you dealing with his death? That's about that it. You know, you can trust your family. Mm-hmm.
2: And I have uh, brothers and sisters and extended friends and family that mm-hmm. I'm close with. And it's hard.
1: I still look for her. Deontay was trying to get his life on track just before he was shot and killed. He had a history with police. He had faced charges of aggravated battery and burglary over the years. But his mother says Deontay was getting ready to look for a job after the holidays so he could better support his children. His sister Lenora says despite his faults, he was a good person. I don't feel
3: like anybody deserves to die, but especially good people. You have people that have Ups in a row in their lifetime, but the way that you correct it is how you should be seen. And it's like, okay, yeah, he did go to jail and make some mistakes, but he was working on fixing it, whether it was being more involved in his kids' life or being more involved in helping other people or trying to find a
1: job and ways to income to support his children. Even though Mother Nature left a messy crime scene, investigators were able to collect some good evidence, still ripe for testing, using advanced forensic.
4: The evidence that was collected is honestly you go to a crime scene and you're like this this is the perfect piece that you want to solve a crime. Those pieces are still being analyzed at this time, but there are other advancements that have been done in the past couple, two or three years. Currently trying to do a new advancement now with something else that I really can't disclose what that is, but the, the investigators are working on that now. Hopefully, that'll be the, the piece that really helps put things together. I'm confident that it could be that piece.
1: Did you recover any shells?
4: No. You know, we actually tried to uh, go out the following day, and another investigator did as well. And use a metal detector of some sort to locate anything that could be metal, and nothing was located, that the field was just trashed mud. So it was It was terrible.
1: And despite the heavy fog that night, someone driving by did see something.
4: There was an individual that was driving by, and he came forward and recalled said he recalled seeing maybe a larger style SUV. He recalled uh, maybe some shiny rims on the vehicle. Possibly saw a couple occupants standing outside of the vehicle, but then again you have to go back to the weather conditions as well um, that night and the early morning hours of January 3rd. Extremely foggy, rainy, I'm not saying that's what he saw or he didn't see, but those conditions can play effect and maybe things are described. The color of the vehicle is still kind of uh, sketchy right now.
1: So they just remembered seeing one vehicle?
4: Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that vehicle had anything to do with it, but we did follow up on some vehicles that came up empty at that time.
1: Building a solid case against whoever killed Deontay has been frustrating due to a number of factors beyond the poor weather conditions. Remember, Deontay didn't carry a cell phone. He would simply use others' cell phones. So as a result, investigators couldn't find out who he had been talking to. And the hesitance of people who may know something to come forward has certainly hindered the investigation. Moody says initially people were willing to say something, but that soon dropped off.
4: The tips came in really good for a while. Um, Again, they're all over the place. People point fingers at different people. We chased those tips down and found some of the tips to be basically out of the, the, the whole crime situation that would have led up to this. Um... The tips really did drop off probably in the past, I'd say, year and a half, two years ago. But we have continued to work on things. I continue to work on things even, uh, I think I had an interview with somebody maybe this past spring, if I recall right. Um, somebody I was trying to track down and was able to locate them.
1: And Investigator Moody is turning to you for more help. Have you talked to someone who said they were there when Deontay was shot or to someone who said, I did it? Did you happen to drive by the 5900 block of North Lincoln Avenue on the night of January 2nd or the morning of January 3rd, 2017, and see a vehicle along the road? Maybe more than one vehicle. Did you see people around the parked vehicle or vehicles? Have you heard anything else about who did this? Do you know who Deontay was with that night?
4: Basically, I need the public to talk, not be scared to talk. Um, I feel like there might be a witness or two, maybe even a male, a female, um, that was there during the homicide of Deontay. I need you to come forward and talk to me. Trust me. I'm going to meet with you somewhere. Just call me. If you are a witness, I want to come forward, but scared of implicating yourself, don't be. We can basically talk and work through this don't be the one who doesn't come forward you don't want to be the last person if somebody else comes forward before you that could implicate you in some form or way just for the fact you didn't want to come forward to talk to me I know it's hard for the public to trust law enforcement and they're scared of being labeled a snitch on the street trust me again I will do everything I can for whomever comes forward and provides a credible statement as for being labeled a snitch on the street I will do what I can to protect you and your family there are certain things that we can do to assist and helping you, but only with your cooperation. Maybe there's maybe uh, people were at a party talking uh, prior to this or even afterwards and made discussion of what happened, who did what. I- I'm looking for that.
1: And if you heard somebody talking about this case or actually what you really need is somebody who may have talked to one of the killers.
4: If somebody has spoken with the killer or uh, witnesses that were there, Um, I'm sure that the witnesses that were there, I'm sure have spoken of this incident, and that's what I need. I need someone to come forward and tell me this. Let's get this rolling, and uh, let's finish what uh, somebody else started.
1: As for those suspects, Investigator Moody has a message for you.
4: The bottom line is if I have spoken to them, they know it, and if I haven't spoken to them, they also know it. I do feel as if I may have spoken with someone that could be a valuable witness. I know I've spoken with some people that are definitely on my radar. If I have spoken to you or if I have not spoken to you, don't get comfortable right now thinking that you slid by me because I promise you haven't. Like I said, there's, there's people right now that I've spoken with that are definitely on my radar. You haven't slid off the radar, so don't get comfortable.
1: So once again, you just need that tiny little bit of information to be able to arrest somebody. Do you feel that you're that close?
4: I'm close, but I want to be a lot closer, because when I finish it, I want to make sure that they don't have a chance.
1: A chance to get get out of it. Get out, yep. Deontay's sister, Lenora. I mean,
3: I feel like if you if you was the person that did it, just you would have a, a better conscience of coming forward and getting off of your chest. Some people hold back these and then the the guilt is going to eventually start to eat away at you. So just go ahead and come forward about it. Or if there's somebody that was accomplished or that knows and is afraid to come forward, like you should never be afraid. If you have information that can help then come forward and say something about it.
1: Anyone with information is urged to call Champaign County investigator Ed Moody at 217 384 1213 or 384 1204. You can also remain anonymous by calling Crime Stoppers at 373 TIPS.
4: I would like to suggest that whoever knows anything about this come forward. I went to Deontay and his family. Deontay's children will grow up without their biological father but they don't have to grow up knowing that their father's killer is still on the run. Going unspoken helps in nothing, so speak up for the family and Deontay. That's what I want.
1: And Violet Rosier still aching for justice and closure for Deontay. He was my only son.
2: Both me and his kids and siblings need closure. And I would appreciate it if they would just come forward and let somebody know or call and get the information and
1: honestly, I don't care. Just please... Say something. Do the right thing. I'm Carol Varell.